It's a benefit to be my friend, but I need more <laughs> friends with benefits. <laughs> I have a little more credibility than you. That's it. That's all I've got. <laughs> and scene, you guys, it's been a great episode, you guys. I'll see you later. Um, Listen, it's Yambi's Girls. I, again, I don't know what episode it is. We're in the 300s. Often I will talk to our guest and make note of the fact that I'm in like episode 235 and my guest has to remind me that that's probably not mathematically accurate or updated. So I can't wait to be updated on what other facts he's got cooking. You know him as writer, producer, director, creator, showrunner. And Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Reunion, truther. <laughs> and welcome back to Andy's Girls, James LaRosa. We did it, Joe. We got through. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen. Fuck. Oh, my God. I am so excited to be talking to you about this because... AGs who follow me on IG know because I just posted a little bit about it. Like, I have watched BH Part 3, but the Kathy-specific segment so many times. And then I just told you I took a 15-minute nap. I'm vehemently anti-nap. If there is a political stance that our country, our community, and our world can rally behind, I think it should be ending naps. But I accidentally took one, so I just woke up and feeling very loopy, James. Very, very loopy. Well, that's very American, and as someone who's visited <laughs> Europe quite a bit lately, I will say <laughs> siestas are great. And if anyone oh. wants to fall asleep right now and for the next hour, yes. we'll just we'll just coo in your ear all the little bon mots yes. from uh, this third episode of the reunion. And by the way, the last time I was here was after the season finale. Which was not that long ago. So I feel like I'm, I every time I come here, I'm wound up and ready to just fucking throw down. Uh, I would say over this show, but I want to say really with this show. Like I think the show and I need to fight. Like the actual show and I need to just go punching. I'm so into that. And I do feel like it's a little bit of a full circle moment. I did not know that your <laughs> episode of Annie's Girls was after the finale. I think people think I remember things. And it's like, I let this be the reminder. I definitely do not. But I think this is an important episode because in many ways, this is the episode we have all been gearing up for even since pre-Aspen, honestly, maybe even since before the season when we heard some shit had gone down and wanted to understand from both sides together what allegedly took place. So no pressure, but holy shit. But I, I you know, what's your first, I think we should just get into it. I know. And I will say, How we not? I always am interested whenever you uh, do Andy's Girls and you have that sort of pre-conversation with the person and what their mm. lives are like. And they had a really care. like no. fun experience with a Q-tip. No, but listen, I'm it, it, it. But whenever I do it, I'm like, nobody cares. And so now I'm so excited that <laughs> nobody has to listen to anything about my life. We can just dive in. That was sincere. That was sincere. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that. And you know, you're one of my very good friends, IRL. And I think that comes through on the episodes. And because you were just here, which I definitely remember. Episode 300. <laughs> it was you said, you know what, James? Yes. This is the most important yes. episode. And I really, I will never forget mm -hmm. that 300 is the one that I need you uh -huh. here for. Do you remember that conversation? Yes. Do you remember uh -huh. that? You're going to swear <laughs> in a stack of Bibles. You're going to take a lie detector test. 
And I'm going to sip oh a God. water bottle passive aggressively while I say all of these things. Kathy showed up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so what was, did you watch live? Uh, I wa well, I watched that night. I was at the world premiere of Black Panther. Oh, yeah. uh, and so, but I came home exhausted and I still felt like I had to like get through the season. So even though I was sort of like, you know, when you're so tired, your face is like white hot and you're like, mm -hmm. I need to go to bed. I was like, I need to be done with Beverly Hills before I can rest. Uh, so I watched that night. So it wasn't spoiled for me on Twitter. If that's the, if that's the question behind the question, I experienced it uh, with everyone else. Ish. So, so you had just attended this very glam v Hollywood v fancy schmancy event. You're probably riding a little bit high off uh -huh. of the fumes of what I'm sure was a fantastic screening or party or sorry, whatever the fuck they call it. You go home. You're like, let's get this done. Let's do this. Let's just get through it. Let's mm -hmm. see what actually happens. Yes. How did it track? with your expectations or survival skills or whatever else? Uh, I will say that I, because Bravo essentially blew much of what Kathy was bringing to the table, it was sort of mm. like, it would have been nice to be a little bit more surprised about the Lisa stuff, but what was a surprise was the Erica stuff, the Kathy versus Erica. I was like, oh, I wasn't, I, I didn't think this was, this wasn't, this wasn't on the menu. And it was really, it was somebody, somebody said uh, afterwards, I do like checking out the hashtag, but somebody said something about like white on white crime and I'm here for it or something. Like it was just like watching two uh, wealthy and you can put quotes on well, whoever you want to. I mean, uh, one person, obviously. White, yeah. white women with dubiously blonde hair uh, who just are passive aggressively and sometimes aggressively just going back and forth. It, it was actually, it, it, that part fed my soul a little bit. So I was definitely interested in that. Um, it was a psychology sort of, um, it was a masterclass on how to not answer questions. Uh, it was a masterclass on how to, uh, turn things in the direction you want it to go, either away from something bad that you did or towards yourself and making yourself a victim or away from criticism. Like there was so much positioning happening uh, that uh, it, that for as much as the season was kind of garbage and as much as the second episode of the reunion was garbage, I thought the first was sort of rewatchable. And I think the third is very rewatchable. Like it's almost like the only rewatchable episode of the entire season was the finale of the uh, reunion. Wow. Oh, so just oh, wait. And the last the time I was here, I said the finale of Beverly Hills was the best finale since season one. So now I'm completely ignoring, ignoring. So two episodes, two episodes are rewatchable. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so circling back to what you said about the psych 101 of it all, who did you think was the best, um, and I don't even mean this in a negative way, to be honest, like uh -huh. manipulator of their own narrative. Who did you think was did the best job of communicating uh, their perspective? OK, well, so that depends on if you if you think if you're asking me who did the best to because um, there are people who believed their own story and made sure they got that point across. And then there were people who I don't know how much they believe their story, but they masterfully kind of did their job. So I would say I don't know. Uh, 
the people who you would think, oh, they did, it, like, they would really have gotten in there and toe-to-toe -to -toe and whatever. I don't know, like, that, like, Rinna did such a great job, to be honest. And I don't, mm. I don't know that, I think Kathy came in hot and said stuff. Um, but I actually think the people who kind of did the best in terms of, like, uh, getting things their way, one was Erica. I thought she was pretty good at um, having a quick response and a quick reply whether or not you bought it. And I think that Kyle was very effective in shirking the bad things she's done while also positioning herself as the ultimate victim uh, when in some of these cases she wasn't even in the room. So I think the two of them were the most kind of effective in terms of changing and sticking to stories, which is weird because it was really Lisa versus Kathy for a lot of it. I mean, that's a really interesting perspective. I agree with you on Erica. With with Kyle, I do think that she is a believer. But, yes. But I don't know that she is able to listen, which to me revealed a lot of the holes in her perspective. Mm -hmm. And I know that there have been a lot of people who've been coming at and for her on social because of the crying and the upset. And I understand layers of that. I think a person can maybe be giving a lot but it doesn't necessarily mean all of it is manipulative like I do think for Kyle a part of her defensiveness is like shutting down and crying I, I don't know how much of that was performative it doesn't feel performative I agree I know I, I, I she's the one who I who I thought of when I said I think she actually I think she fully believes that this all fell on her that she's the ultimate person who has who suffers and you know she's the one that got the hug from Andy at the end and couldn't do the toe I mean I think all I don't think any of that was performative the part of Kyle that breaks down and is so hurt and feels so defeated and so uh, feels like she's always positioned to be in the wrong and that she's the one that has to answer is the part of her that I wish could listen to Kathy's perspective or her good friend Dorit's. Because I think Dorit did a really solid job of communicating what maybe needed to happen in order to move forward. But I don't know that Kyle has the ability to do so. Like, I don't, I genuinely don't know as someone, again, come my top five and I, you know, German Shepherds, you guys know how I feel about them. So like, it's going to stay, <laughs> I get it. But like, it, it it felt like I don't know how to wake Kyle up to what I think other people are seeing, which is Kyle equating Kathy with Rinna. Like that to me is the biggest problem. And her crying because she is upset about what's taking place is not the active choice that probably either of these women want. Well, Kyle wants to hear what she wants to hear and won't hear what she doesn't. Like, I think when Garcelle was like, the way that you jumped to Diana's defense or the way that you laughed about what was said about my son, Kyle was very present and very, she wasn't like weepy going, I can't believe you would think I would say that. She can get very sort of like steel focused and, and 
confident in those moments. When she has something to say to Crystal, she was very confident in biting and whatever. But when she gets into a mode where what I fully believe is I'm the victim here, Dory could have said anything and Kyle oh, be like, totally. Kyle's like, that is not what, that's not what I'm having yes. happen right now. And, and let's be honest, I know Kyle's in your top five. And if I'm being honest, I will say, she, I mean, she's been around for so long and when she's good, she's good. So I can't say, oh, she's a piece of shit like I can about other people on the cast. But she had such a hand in what happened to her this season. She, if, if, if you have a sibling that you are, I would never go on a reality show with a sibling of mine and not, no one could say, sh- I don't care how much shit I can talk about my sister or my brother or whatever. If somebody else were to say something on camera, it just would be shut down in an instant in the exact same way that Lisa and Erica do that for each other. And in the exact mm. way that they, uh, they want to divide and conquer Garcelle and Sutton that they can't possibly come to each other's defense because let her do it on her own, even though they don't. Kyle never, like when Kathy came on this season, she was clowned. Kyle was clowning her around like, um, well, let me put you in this fucking child bunk mm-hmm. bed. Your your flip-flops or your, you know, your air pl- airport, airport slippers are ridiculous. You're ridiculous. And like she... A was saying stuff that if you had like a that kind of relationship with your sister, then you're going to say stuff like that and feel safe about it. But she knows she doesn't like have the ability to fully like Josh with her like that. So really, she was just it really felt like she was being like like a bitch. And so then when other people around her are saying negative things about Kathy, they just would never Kyle never shut it down. And she let the she let you know the vampire in the house, and now she's crying because you know she's bleeding and there's bats everywhere. It's like keep the fucking door shut. That's my opinion. Well, I mean, if we're gonna talk about the examples of the truest examples of sisterhood in quotes, and I don't necessarily mean this in a good way, but I do mean it in a consistent way. To me, there's no truer example of that than. Rinna and Erica as mm-hmm. you said I mean Sutton herself has said since the reunion aired that she wished she had stuck up for Garcelle more I agree I wish she had done that as well um but when it came to Rinna and Erica Rinna often actively took control of environments when she knew Erica was going to be reflected on poorly it wasn't a matter of teaching Erica that what she said was wrong, which I think we all ideally would have wished had taken place from Rinna, but it's it's not possible because Rinna looks at Erica as an extension of herself, their alliance is that strong, and their interest in protecting each other is that strong. It It's too complicated with Kyle and Kathy, and yet when it comes to someone calling your sister the devil... <laughs> I watched that moment so many times. She right or the the Kathy segments. Rinna at one point literally says she was the devil, was from mm-hmm. hell. Uh, there was, I think it, I don't know if she said black heart again, but there was something else that was used. And it's like there's a pause. And I acknowledge some of this could be editing, but I don't think so. There is a pause, and then Kyle says, like, guys, stop. She never says Rinna, stop. 
she never, you know, like her behavior on social media, she seems, she tends to ignore things, but that's not the active choice that other members of the cast are making when they are defending someone that they consider in, intrinsically close. And that's the breakdown. Kathy is still mad at Kyle when this finishes. Kyle is upset about that, but Kyle has had years and years and years of examples of acting through, working through, trying to get to the other side of toxic sisterhood with her literal family members. I don't know why she hasn't figured out that what her sisters want is her to be actively fighting against people maligning them, regardless of what she wants to teach them in, in their private time. Well, in the two, so you're using big examples of how uh, Lisa was containing Erica's situation during the season. But even if you watch the reunion, the things that are mo- most sort of effective and lasting aren't the big ones, it's the small ones. If someone says mm. something to Lisa, and like Erica's right there going, oh, mm. Oh, like giving the right response so that it's not just Lisa having to respond to it. It's there's sort of something going on to her left that is backing up and vice versa. Whenever if Kathy's saying something to Erica, there's Lisa with the appropriate response that basically says Kathy is a fool for saying this thing about Erica. So it's not even like pulling Erica out of her room when she's drunk. It's just the grunt, the look, the whatever that just says this person has someone right next to them. And and on a larger scale, when that whole thing came out before the season began about Aspen, 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 and what did Kathy say? And did she say this? And did she say that? Kyle was not, she wasn't saying anything. She wasn't going, let me, let, let me make this extremely clear. I don't know. You can say, oh, we have to wait for this to happen during the season. If my sibling, if someone is saying that they called someone uh I mean, I know that your podcast is rated explicit, but I also know that you don't want words said that are terrible, terrible, terrible. But as a gay person, we yeah, all no, no, no. But I'm not going to say it. But we all know the word that like there's no there's no question about the word that Erica says that Kathy said. If someone said that about my sibling, like they're out there using the you know f word or whatever you know to describe a gay person, I'll be like let that not be the conversation. I did not hear it. That did not happen. That's not what Kyle did. Uh, And so whether it's the small ways or the big ways, Kyle is not as uh, present and uh, solidarity minded as I 100% believe that she believes. I don't think Kyle wants to sacrifice herself in that way because she truly doesn't believe she should have to. And to me, there's like an element of truth there because so much of this was Kathy airing her grievances about Kyle, according to what both Kathy and Rinna have said. Obviously, a large part of this was related to Kathy feeling like Kyle wasn't a good sister and also maybe a good person. So there is that aspect of it. Like, I I hate the idea that we have to disregard that, but the The simple fact is Kyle knows better than anyone the mechanics of how this show works and what happens when you stay quiet. And she can talk about her behavior in moments and and attempt to absolve herself like she did in in apologizing for her behavior with the joking about what happened to Garcelle's son, which I thought 
got everyone nowhere except they were seemingly able to move on in conversation. Words were said. Literally, (laughs) Garcelle was making so many solid points. And the thing is, like, you can't respond to it because you know she's right. Like, if you heard that Erica was saying derogatory things and telling a child to fuck off, in what world would that be funny to you, regardless of if you saw it as Dorit did or if you heard about it as Kyle? Because like they knew enough to know it was bad for Kyle to say to Mauricio, like, you shouldn't say that, which is what she, the, the energy she was giving him when he's like, regardless of what happens, it's really funny to me. Like they knew enough to know they shouldn't be laughing as they continued laughing because it's not about the brain. It's about the ankle, you know, like they yeah. wanted to replicate that. So they, as Erica did, decided to sacrifice Garcelle's son in order to do so and understood then why that would be problematic, which she's attempting to disavow herself of now. But like, regardless of the gaslighting of all things Jax, there are other aspects here when it came to like Kyle's silence and crying. She has this pattern that came across so clearly this season where she mediates, but she doesn't call out the bad actors. And that is frustrating because what Kathy is doing to me is very different than what Rinna is doing, separate from what Erica did. Like Rinna is literally saying to Kathy and the cast and million of people, <laughs> we can't say millions, million, hundreds of thousands of people at home plus 800,000, whatever, you are a bad person. You are evil you are cruel. You, this is the worst thing I've ever experienced. Crying is not enough when your sister's character is being maligned in that way. It's just not enough to stay quiet, wait for them to finish talking, pause, and then say, okay, guys, please stop. Yeah, I think anyone that has siblings knows, like, you just... You're you're going to hear about that later. There's just no you just there's like a biological thing. You're just you're so kind of uh, reared. I mean, I don't think it's just an Italian thing. Like I, sometimes I go, oh, I'm from an Italian family, and Italian. this is that, yeah, yeah. So, but it's just kind of like you just would never, you just would never. It's and so when you see it happen, you it's very clear to people who know you're not supposed to do that and that you shouldn't. That like, and it's one thing to go, oh, they're they're at fault, and so I'm going to call them on something. You know, you're like you said, you're on a platform with whatever they had, 1.4 million view, whatever it was. Yeah, live. They're yeah. hanging out there looking like a fool, but worse than that, they're being accused of saying horrible things, where it's just like racist things, homophobic things. That's your sibling. What do you think is going to happen when you don't say everyone needs to back the fuck up? If someone says, don't you realize you're hurting my relationship with my sister by talking about these things? And that person says, well, if I don't continue talking about it, I'm, I'm going to get cancer. I'd be like, well, I'll, I'll come visit you in the hospital. Like you'd have, this is where you stop. This is where it stops. And the fact that Kyle, who you cannot tell me doesn't have more power than Lisa on this show. I don't care how much Lisa runs the table on this show. Kyle is just a notch mm-hmm. higher. She could have shut that down. That's my that's my feeling. And and so whatever happens after that is just sort of like, uh, okay, I keep crying. 
Rinna said that Kathy was abusive to her. She said that if she was not allowed to talk shit about Kathy, she would develop cancer. She said this is the worst thing that had ever happened to her and that Kathy had a psychotic break. And I don't remember at any of those points Kyle ever explicitly saying that's inappropriate to say. And I know that Kyle knows words. She might not know what violation means, but she knows what derogatory pejorative statements do to a person. She said Kathy assaulted her. She went from, I had to hide. Okay, moment. Take a moment. Do you remember when on Atlanta, the whole Bolo situation and everyone's like, who was the one with Bolo? And, you know, and so they did a whole map of the place and who is in what bedroom? And, and like they were breaking it down like, you know, Sherlock Holmes. They need to do that for this because how are you? So we know that they were in Erica's room. Lights were on. Mauricio was in the house. Where the fuck was he that while Kathy had blood on her fingertips and scratching at Lisa and assaulting her? I mean, I know that she's saying she wasn't doing it physically, but like where Mauricio just like supped through it. But yet it was so awful. Like, I want the I want a little hand scribbled piece of paper that says, where was Mauricio's bedroom compared to Erica's bedroom? And if this thing was so wild and out of control that Lisa felt like she had to lock herself in her room, that Mauricio just missed the whole thing. Well, I think Kyle said as much. I want to say on Watch What Happens, she talked about the fact I think. Mauricio was on the top floor and is a very, very heavy sleeper. So she, but it also goes to, if someone is having a psychotic break, you wake up the relative in the house. If someone is behaving in a way where you genuinely feel that you are in danger, you're locking the door, you're calling the homeowner who is in the same town that you are, and you're screaming for Mauricio to help you. And I I don't even want to really reference this or get into details, But I was on vacation several years ago with a couple people and one of them had a mental health break. And I had no idea that they were dealing with mental health complications. I found out after the reason they were so passionate about me visiting was because one of the people was dealing with some really complicated things. And instead of seeking treatment, They thought get Chuckles McGee to fly across the country to have a good time, which I don't begrudge them for. It's a very complicated dynamic. But there was an actual situation that took place on New Year's Eve in Los Angeles a couple years ago. I changed the plan for the trip New Year's Day as a a situation and a crisis continued. And I said I was very clear after consulting with my mother, who works as a social worker at a mental health hospital in Rhode Island, I was to like explain what was going on and say like X, Y, Z. And I laid out the situation. I talked separately, which was a very difficult thing to try to arrange with the person's significant other and said, listen, this is not safe. I don't feel safe being here. X, Y, Z happened and I left. I didn't. And it was a private situation, which will stay that way. And I wish them the best, but we have not spoken since. With this stuff, it's like I look at what is going on with Rinna. When this stuff started happening with me, the first thing that I did was to 
attempt sure. to get the other person to understand what's going on and then removed myself from the situation. She didn't experience this. We know That's that what I'm is- saying. You're 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 giving this really wonderful harrowing example of your life going, <laughs> "Here's how I here's how I question I'm her." We all know she's lying. And that's actually a bigger concern on this show is that there are there are there's a, a several members of the cast who are just no longer believable and they're like uh, here's the thing what do i think happened i think that kathy lost her shit i do think she said some bullshit and i think she thought she had an ally maybe or wasn't thinking about it with lisa didn't think she'd run and go and then lisa went and just fucking built it up into some monster thing and now she's hanging on to this for dear life needing it to be this big or else she looks like a fool and so I think watching that reunion, they were both lying. I, you know, I don't, I don't have Kathy up on a pedestal. The way that they were, the way that the questions are being posed and the way that they're being answered are, I don't remember saying that. Do you remember saying this? Uh, I don't remember exactly that way. Like it was all very carefully phrased. So it was like questions weren't being answered. Did Kathy send a text that she then deleted from her phone and tried to like have a gotcha moment where it's not on my phone? Well, you deleted it. Well, that's easy enough to find. They didn't conclude that one in the reunion. There's, there's like other questions that came up as far as, do you remember saying this? Are you going to take a lie detector? Do you remember saying this? Well, it, 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 clearly they're both not giving the 100%. They're both saying, that's ridiculous. Anyone who knows me. And by the way, drink every time anyone says anyone who knows me. And that mm. Kyle said it, Erica said it, Kathy said mm-hmm. it. That's everyone's defense. But it's like there's the, the, the honesty of what's going on on this show is so, so and, and so we are all doing what you just did going, how does this make sense? Because in the real world, when this happens, it doesn't make sense. Why would you call Erica instead of all the other people that she could have called if there was, I guess Erica has a policeman for a child. And so maybe she thought that he could make another drive up in the snow of Aspen and hopefully, you know, something different happens this time. But it's like... <laughs> It's, it's, the whole thing is so preposterous. You've got a heavy sleeper upstairs with a whole bunch of daughters. I don't, I mean, I guess people can sleep heavy. I probably would become accustomed to life to keeping one ear open, but the whole, we know every, we we know there's a lot of lying going on. Um, And so you're watching it feeling like you're sort of being like peppered with gnats. Like it just feels annoying. Well, the other part of this that I think is really important is like, Obviously, Rena doesn't believe that Kathy, or maybe she does. Maybe Rena's the kind of person that uses mental health phrases in order to shame someone. But the reality is that, like, I think we've all had experiences or are the person who has been struggling with anything dealing with mental health or anyone dealing separate from mental health with fucking up. Like we have all in our personal lives, I do believe the vast majority of people listening have at some point in their life acted like an asshole, acted like a terror, been shitty to someone. And maybe they (laughs) deserve some of it. Maybe they didn't. There is a difference, obviously, between shouting at someone, having a tantrum, threatening whomever, and having a mental health situation experience episode which is the divide here that Rena is trying to cross and equalize and normalize in a way that's horrible that being said Kathy acknowledged that she behaved in a way that was inappropriate and wrong and said I'm sorry she explicitly said multiple I'm times sorry multiple times to Kyle and to Rena what is happening now 
because understandably it's a reunion and you're going to, you know, get back into it. But what Rinna has been doing on social media and, and at the reunion and uh, in various on various outlets or whatever avenues, whatever you want to just however you want to encapsulate it, is to shame her for acting out, which is the thing that annoys me more than anything else. Because if you want to shame someone for acting in a way that you think is inappropriate or wrong, you need to be on television the absolute purest person on the face of the planet or someone who's maybe acted out and taken responsibility, LOL, but not actively trying to absolve the other cast member who gets the most, after you, like the most negative attention, bad press, for acting out like she wants to carry all of these roles which is why when I watch her as the judge and jury of Kathy's morality I'm like this is so exhausting to watch because it's Lisa Rinna doing it it's it's not genuine at all and and it's that's the it's that's why it's fresh like when you see the ratings being what they are and I said this to you earlier even though Lisa has done wild things on social media, just the mm. last week alone, the last week alone, it has been Horrible. Uh, using using the sexual assault of a minor to make a point. Trigger warning. Po- oops, sorry. Posting okay. a, a, a trigger warning for anyone who has concerns about guns, because here she is posting and dirty deleting. Looking, Allegedly. She did it. Who, who else? I mean, come on. So, so posting a picture of her with a gun saying, looking for some rando that she has a problem with. It's like all of this stuff is so crazy. But then I see the ratings and I'm like, mm. like, I, certainly when I saw the thing with the gun, I was just like, there's, I was like, of all of these things, she's, she's going to come back. She's going to come back. I saw that and I was like, ooh, that she'll never, like, for her to post a picture of her, like with the gun saying, looking for this person, blah, blah, blah. I was like, there's no way she's going to come back. And then I see the ratings and just like, oh, like, I don't think they're going to get rid of anyone on this cast except the person they already, you know, cleared already chat. Already got rid of herself. Cleared chat <laughs> <laughs> on her, uh, on her little, uh, her, her dial in. Uh, it's so, so when you're saying it's so frustrating, that's why I'm looking into the next season of the show going, I really want to sit someone at Bravo aside going, look, I work in TV. I get it. You want to get an audience that's engaged. You want to get an audience that is, first of all, you want to get an audience. It's everything is so splintered these days. The fact that Bravo has access to that many people and uh, it, it is legit what people are talking about. I'll be at a random coffee shop. I could be certainly in LA, but I've been in where people are like, oh, uh, Erica, oh, uh, uh, Crystal, oh, like people are actually talking about, this is actual water cooler. So I understand why they wouldn't want to change things up but i think there's so much negative and so much disingenuousness going on on this show it's phony i don't believe half of what i'm seeing so it's 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 i want to just take someone aside and go look i know that this is i know you're just salivating going oh these ratings are wonderful and that lisa she just gets people talking it's the show is an effort this past season was an effort and what's coming out of it is really very dark and i just you know for all the bravo execs listening right now you know have mercy 
Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic non-stick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen 
is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered home threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to homethreads.com today and live your best real housewives life. Go to homethreads.com slash Andy Scrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's homethreads.com slash Andy Scrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Well, I mean... There is an oddity here in the way that Rinna is trying to say that Kathy's behavior is problematic and needs to be evaluated or investigated or uh, shamed, um, noting what the lines that Rinna has crossed on social media. And it becomes a matter of like, well, which behavior is worse? And if there is a Bravo HR department and kudos to them for the freelance position, apparently, a Bravo HR department that launched an investigation. And I honestly, for reasons relating to privacy, I do understand why other members of the cast were not informed. But I don't know that other members of the cast were aware that an HR department at Bravo exists, which is an LOL. But... (laughs) If there was an HR department investigating what took place in Aspen, which I firmly understand, where are people from HR to investigate what Rinna has been doing in real time? It seems like her trolling and and really unacceptable shocking behavior. I know, but it's like the way that Bravo seems to respond and hold certain housewives accountable specific to their behavior on social media and not others. We don't need to talk. We've talked about this ad nauseum, like the way that Candace was held accountable as she should have been. Kenya. Kenya's was, uh, I think there was uh, the the headdress on social media, but that was on the show. That was right. Yeah. 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 I, so that's like different. Good point. From social got it. Media. Got it. Got it. Yeah. 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 This is like a totally separate thing that is adding to uh, a feeling of exhaustion and negativity and toxicity. So like the in present time, we're hearing the cast talk about the harm of toxic behavior in real time. Rinna is going deeper and lower and darker. And it's sort of essentially I don't even know how to phrase it. It does feel to me genuinely like hashtag systematic bullying against someone who is essentially a matter, a member of the cast, regardless of it being a housewife or friend of. And I'm just like watching this, like, are we all watching the same show? She says during the episode, we all know it's bullshit, but we are supposed to believe words when they are said. That's according to Lisa Rinna. I'm going to let this go. (laughs) and we know that she triples down so it's like what are we supposed to do with that as an audience where the the show is building toward the idea of settling this and getting not and it can be messy uh, but getting to the other side of this and Rena is continuing it in real time what is a person supposed to do with that uh put her on pause (laughs) it's 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 wild but it's also i guess the it's it's a further continuation and a dissecting of the behavior of somebody who is clearly not um genuine so it's like you we're all getting frustrated by what she's saying and the and the hypocrisy etc 
it's we know we know that not everything is 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 as it says and especially anyone says I'm so truthful and I own and you have to own whatever, whatever. That's odd. I mean, that's like the first red flag. Anyone who comes and says, I'm just really honest. That's my problem. Then, you know, they're like lying about you right now. Um, but the fact that you that she's so unreliable is what makes it bad television for me. I'm not entertained by her antics. Uh, and, you know, spoiler, I never was. But it's not about being entertained. It's about I'm bored by the fact that I'm like, well, if I can't believe anything that's going on, if all the hypocrisy is because she's creating all of these stories that contradict each other and though, so what can I believe? I start to lose any feeling of stakes on the show. I, I go, their relationship isn't what it appears. Uh, this is all being said for nonsense reasons. And so the show loses value. So you're having people watch, but what they're watching is like rot. And I think people are cluing in. I think people are going, uh, that's, I mean, ask why someone is booed in front of a bunch mm-hmm. of people. And it's because you're not eliciting a good, uh, usually you'll have someone who's team this or team that. There's very few team her right now. You know, it's like, you don't need to be team her to be, to understand that some of this adds to her value. Like some of this conflict adds to her value. But the problem to me with that argument is like, Who's she going to have conflict with if Kathy's not back? She should be having conflict with Kyle. But if Kyle isn't standing up for Kathy with Kathy next to her, Mm -hmm. it does not matter to me if she stands up for Kathy in absentia. And Kyle said on the show, specifically referencing her nieces, that it feels and and I'm sure uh, and, and I was taking that as Kathy's kids, but I'm sure with Kim's as well, that she is held to an unfair standard by the children of her sisters. And I watch her say that. And it's like, I'm not going to take away from that reality for you. I'm sure I am sure that that is true in people's devotion and defense of their parents, that they're not going to look at the nuances. But then why aren't you? Because you are on a reality TV show. You know how this works. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe that you should be supporting your sister because you feel like that's a form of punishing her for hurting your feelings or it's complicated, you know that reality TV narration is often simple, like in answering questions and not. And if you know that your nieces and nephews are going to hold you to a different standard, why aren't you pretending to play that part just a little bit more? And if in real time, Rinna, and again, trigger warning, this very difficult subjects being discussed, but if in real time, Rinna goes on social media and posts and tries to manipulate your niece's public uh, coming forward and talking about her experience dealing with being the survivor of physical, emotional, and sexual abuse at that horrible place in Utah that she was sent to and using that to shame your sister, her mother, you should be vocally saying something because you know how this is going to go no matter what. So if the ship is going down with your relationships with your nieces and nephews, and if you care and if you also care because of Farah's wedding, which like, I, I don't get that, but I don't have adult children. And I know that the, the, the Richard sisters are very, very concerned with optics and maybe a happy ending. You should care about vocally saying what was said about Paris and Kathy is unacceptable, period, dot. Well, and to your point where Kyle on social doesn't 
She stays silent. She has stayed silent. However, you might be getting 5% of your wish because she went through and deleted all of the photos that she has. There Not every the, photo. The one. She kept yeah. the photo. She kept the most important photo, which was the photo taken in real time of her posing with Rinna in Aspen and using the phrase, what was the fucking phrase? We're going like, to talk about it, you bet, or whatever. So if we're going to talk about it, Kyle, we're going to talk about the fact that you did the most superficial thing you could do. Certainly. Which was probably archiving those posts. Yeah. Probably wasn't deleting them. <laughs> right. But keeping up the one that does more to shame your sister than anything else. And is that fair? Is it fair? fair that Kyle feels or that Kyle may have to put in extra work maybe it's not but when you made the decision to have your sister on this show which was to me much more mutual than it was in New Jersey (laughs) you took responsibility for some of that and if you don't want to shoulder the burden because it's unfair I mean, I guess that's what the crying is for. It's unfair, but it doesn't mean it's not still necessary. Listen, I, and, and I just go, she's on your top five still, yeah? I don't, I, listen, I, not, to, <laughs> not, to shift, not to shift gears. It's honestly like I, some of that is filler because I have spots available, but I just don't feel certain ways about certain people. So like she's going to stay there as long as she posts about Storm and it is what it is. But there is that moment at the end of the reunion when she's with Dorit and Dorit is trying to explain to her, here is what I was trying to say. Here's how you move forward. And you're not going to tie this up in a bow. And Kyle is saying, essentially, you don't understand how this is going to go. This is going to ruin my relationships. And I'm watching her multiple times because I watched the episode so many times. And I'm thinking, Kyle, you've done this so many times before. You're the OG. You have had very complicated, toxic dynamics play out with Kim and Kathy you know how this is going to work out. You are responsible for some of that. You could have said something. Crying during these long segments and waiting until the end, not being specific about what Rinna is saying and leaving your sister there, which is what she did. You can't just equalize what both of these women are doing. It's not the same. What Kathy did and even like, saying shit about Erica is not the same as what Rinna did actively, repeatedly, and on social media, which is what Garcelle did. Garcelle was more, I hate to say it, God help me, Garcelle was more of a sister to Kathy in that moment than Kyle was. And that is the privilege of not having been fucked with your entire life, not having dealt with the toxicity. But as an outsider, Garcelle and Dorit were trying to do the work if Kyle won't participate in that because it's unfair why did you say okay and encourage this with Kathy you it it does not feel like they had a single conversation about what this actually means which is very consistent for the Richard sisters dynamic well I mean when the morally corrupt Faye Resnick can jump in and defend Kathy in an instant in an instant and you know it's, yeah, we keep couching it in the fact that they have this long, complicated backstory and, you know, but it's just like, there are some things that are just very simple. Um, and so, anyway, the martyrs, I, and, 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 and it was interesting that 
Kathy was actually saying a lot of different things that the audience has been saying for so long. And she just, whether it was the martyr bit for her or bringing up all of Erica's baubles or ripping into uh, uh, Rena about all the random women she's driven off the show. It's like, these are everyone going, why isn't anyone saying it? And then like one fell swoop, she's coming along and she's just like, boom, boom, boom. There was a lot of like feeding of the audience there, but not to... Not to sidetrack you, but I was appreciative for Kathy. Whoever fucking prepped her deserves a goddamn like trophy. And I think Paris was probably involved in some of that. I think Paris gets it. She understands social media and reality TV. And so does Kathy's high priced team. They did a much better job of prepping her than Erica was prepped. Miss like we're in a we're on appeal. We're on appeal. We're on appeal. We're on a plane. That example when she was just like, oh, when oh, yeah. a plane is going down, the collective oxygen that left, I was just, I, oh, I was like, no, 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 this isn't your example. And then the oxygen mask dropped. I took care. I was like, oh, no, not a plane crash analogy. I can't. Anyway. But, but the thing that Kathy said that I wish she had adjusted was saying, and no one, people heard about my meltdown, but no one heard about Erica. And I wish that had been tweaked to... Not Erica wearing expensive things, but Erica having a meltdown. Erica saying, I don't care about anybody but me is so terrible and was caught on camera. And yet what everyone heard coming out of Aspen, what we heard on the blogs was only Kathy to my memory, which could be wrong, and also included Kathy saying homophobic things and racial slurs that she it was a two part slur. Right. Can I ask you two questions? One. If the conversation were only if if, if it was a direct one on one with Erica, she said this thing to Erica that was a a gay slur. Nobody Mm -hmm. else heard it. And if that was leaked before the show, why, like, isn't that literally just saying I leak this? If I'm the only one that knows something and it's out in the universe, wouldn't I be the one that had to put it out in the universe? Yeah, if a tree falls in the woods, That's physics, the tree right? is saying the <laughs> F word, who's going to be around to hear it? Like, Erica J, it's the thing that, like, it's also where I'm like, Andrew, <laughs> buddy, what's happening, sweetie? Like, you're asking provocative questions and then you're just, like, blinking. Like, yeah. Where's the follow-up guy? Like, we know that you can do that because you're actually, (laughs) the fact that I say actually is like such an LOL, but like Andy is a very strong moderator at these reunions. It is important that Andy is the one doing it because he is the face of Bravo and he has a lot of power. If you just put a celebrity in that spot, it's not the same vibe. It is his connection and history to Bravo, even if he's no longer an executive, Mm -hmm. that leaves a mark. It adds a layer of complication here that I find really interesting and valuable. But I'm like... Are you not? We can't only (laughs) depend on the viewers answering the sentence. You should be. I mean, that thing with Erica, it's like, I don't know how long that went on for. But what uh, if you're saying it's up to the court and then you're saying if you said that before and now you're like, it's no longer up to the court. There's a divide there we should explore. Like there were aspects. And with Rinna, too. I I was like, where, where, sweetie, what's happening? In that same exchange, he's like, we're saying the same thing, but we're not. But we are. And I'm just like, 
we're not, but we are. Like, that could just be something you could dive into. Like, well, what part is the same and what part isn't? Like, it was just such a weird face-off between the two that went nowhere. And it was also, like, a 15-hour reunion. So I'm sure at this point they were all exhausted. And who knows how long this stuff went on for. But we should be seeing some of the cross. Like... We should. Why was it a 15-hour reunion? Because if you're watching and you're saying how much, it didn't feel like, like how much was cut out? Because there was, like that second episode was, it was a nothing. I don't understand why it was such a long taping because I didn't feel like I was, we were given a lot. Well, I think the editing was wild in the second episode, just throw it in the river and don't look back, like the mm-hmm. second part. But Rinna showed up with her fun little manila envelopes that said Aspen receipts like we would think it was something else. They weren't (laughs) used, except that they kind of were, because in the final edit, the editors couldn't get entirely around it. So there is a moment in part three where Dorit and Erica are looking at papers and you can see the corner of the papers, but obviously not what's on it. And it's like for Rinna, someone who is a fan of talking and communicating to her her friends in the Bravo sphere. Are they content creators? Are they YouTubers? Who's to say? She's just making pals. She has communicated so many times before what it is that she wants to communicate happened with things. And I do not believe that she is concerned with any kind of legal strategy by not revealing what's in those envelopes. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been brought to the table I think that there was some sort of advance conversation about what was going to exist here but regardless it does say something to me that of all of the people she speaks to or spoke with until she blocked them she's not providing any information she's only providing the conspiracy around why the information shouldn't go out which tells you a lot about what was maybe not inside. Yep. If it was explosive, if it was anything other than tedious, there would have been something there. Right. Instead, it's just, here I am walking in with something, and now, like, it wasn't even like a bunny. It was just, there was nothing to it. I think it was probably a timeline, which to me is like, listen, I am a heterosexual, you know, woman. My perspective on this, to me matters less like how do you feel about the fact that a huge part of this according to um you know the shock of hearing it even though we had heard whispers for so long was the the idea that Kathy used a gay slur like how does that frame to you the experience of watching and reacting to what took place and to the people involved well, I mean, I've grown up listening to that slur all the time, so I'm, that's never mm-hmm. a, per, a pearl clutch to me. And I, I sort of, I would err on the side of giving someone the benefit of the doubt. Do my antenna go, yeah, I think someone like Kathy could say it. <laughs> yes. Uh, in a situation like that where she was clearly upset, do I think she could say it? Yes. Um, do I give her a pass for it? Uh, I probably would not, but I would have to know if she did or not. If it's just sort of like a guess or like a hmm, maybe, then I just go, it's not on my screen, so it's frustrating to, like, why are we talking about it? So I ultimately, but she was never my, like, I know when she came along, everyone was just like hunky-dorying all over the place. And mm. I remember specifically saying to you, like, I'm not, no, nobody can be, 
I just, I just, I was like, I need to see more out of her. She hasn't been challenged. And now that she has, she, I, she, I mean, for her to be like, I slipped the, I tried to slip them some money to play a song. And I said, well, this works here, there and everywhere. I mean, that is definitely an elitist, uh, white lady with money point of view. And, uh, but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, so I, I don't know that she did. So I go, you know what? I'm not going to take it in too deeply. Um, do I believe she could have? Sure. Do I believe that she said some fucked up shit? Yes. Um, do I think that Lisa has completely blown it out of proportion and has probably added to sort of the heap of stuff that she could have said? It seems so weird to me that somebody would say... I'm going to bring down this entire network, name all the different pieces and say, I'm going to destroy Kyle and her family if it's the last thing I do. I'm like, unless you've got like a hairless cat and you're sitting in like a giant villain chair, it's just like people don't talk that way. So I'm like, that whole part of the story was so bananas that I almost wanted Kathy to be like, who talks that way? Like, no, who are, like, it's just, there was, there was a level of like dodging and weaving that I was like, okay, some shit was said here for sure. Or else someone would just be like, you're out of your mind insane. You're absolutely lying. And like, so, so anyway, I'm, I, I think I answered your question and just kept going, but I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that I had, uh, I was, I was never fangirling Kathy. So it doesn't necessarily affect my 100% adoration of her. I feel like I have her number a little bit. So, mm. um, you know, the idea, I mean, like Crystal, I do find playing Michael Jackson to be problematic. And I also find using him as an example of, you know, not seeing color, whatever those things are. I'm just like, I get, I get her. I feel like I understand Kathy. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say it changes my opinion. <laughs> the possibility. I'm not saying she did it. Not to take away from any of this, but like if Erica was as shocked as she was and she knows that Kathy is very upset and Rinna's going to escort her home, wouldn't Erica have communicated to Rinna at that point or in the text message when she finds out Kathy's losing her shit and Rinna's locked in her room or whatever? Wouldn't she use that time to communicate to Rinna what um what Kathy had said at the club like why is there not a trail of that if if you right. know Erica's trying to communicate how horrifying it was not taking away from the how horrifying it genuinely she's, was but like Lisa's texting her saying oh my god this woman's out of her mind she's raging blah 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 oh my god speak I out saw of how mind. it right I saw how it started she that, yeah. that's that's when she bolted out of the place she said this horrible thing yeah that would be that would be somewhere. By the way, the optics of why it's so bad is almost like if we can nail her or if she is nailed, she said it. And if she, whether she said it or not, if she could be, if she had to take responsibility for saying this, this would ruin her. Now, would it? Like, I don't know. Like, if she, if she was like, let me tell you something, I 100% use that word. I walked out of there. I was pissed that shit came out of my mouth. I mean, this is not how Kathy speaks. But if she, <laughs> but if she were to say, you know what? I said that. I went right back to that club and I went and apologized to that guy. And I said, I was not raised this way. That did come up. Whatever she would have to say, 
she wouldn't be that wouldn't be game over for Kathy. People wouldn't be like, oh, and again, I'm not saying she said it, but I'm just kind of like there are the fact, I guess maybe my um there are things that she could say and do that I feel like would be much more sort of nuclear than that. And it's honestly stuff that I see Rinna do on social. Like that to me, I'm like, oh my God. And she, that's just fully out there. And she's not canceled at this point, not even paused. So, you know, I'm not saying everyone has the same feeling I do. There would be other gay people who, when they hear the F word, they'd be like, screw her. She's dead to me, whatever. I go, I, I guess I just have a different, a different perspective. I'm not saying, you know, go off sis and say that word as much as you want, whatever. But if, if everything that they're saying, if, if Kathy had said, you know what, Andy, let me tell you something. As a Hilton, I, I am, I am, I am in higher, a higher stratosphere. And so saying something ridiculous, like I'm going to take down the world. Did I say that? Yes, because I can be a cartoon character because this is the world I live in. Would I ever know? Did it come out of my mouth? Yes. It would be dead and buried. Nobody would give a fuck. Kathy Hilton, you know what, Andy, as a member of a marginalized community, the 1%, I just want to let you know. (laughs) (laughs) Like... It would be, it would be, it would be something, something would take place. I mean, this does get into the idea of like, if a tree falls in the woods and the morality police shows up and who's driving the fucking sprinter van, but Rena and Erica Jane, it's tough. You're, you're already at a different point here, which takes away some of what they're trying to communicate because they're the ones communicating it. Exactly. Can you believe that was, what did she said? It was the, the. The worst things I'd ever heard in my life. I was like, you went out for Halloween and your husband wore a swastika. I don't know how much, like, this is, this is your limit. <laughs> like, what? Is, it's, it's, it's kind of clownery and nonsense. And You said Kim was going to die. You said <laughs> she's going to die tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Hold on one second. I'm going to send you a Google cow. She literally said that and then forgot. Or on she camera. She said it she on camera. This, like, Yes, and she remembers this beautiful flowing language of I'm going to take down Peacock <laughs> and then Bravo and you're all going to fester because of my kind. And again, it's like, I think most people on planet Earth do believe, because Kathy herself acknowledged it, that Kathy lost her mind. I do not mean that in terms of Rinna's ill-used phrasing of mental health conditions disorders episodes in which to shame this person I think that Kathy was very angry and I think Kathy has often been very angry maybe directly at Kyle so it's like we're not some of this we actually didn't really get into which is the idea that like Kyle wouldn't go home with Kathy because she was tired of being treated in that way right which is actually a more interesting story Oh, we yes. watch this show for psychological uh, and the dynamics between whoever. <laughs> oh, tell, tell me that story and let's talk about that story so that when they actually do finally either say, I want you out of my life forever or give me a hug, we've completely reconciled. Like, that's the satisfying thing. It's not satisfying talking about some fucking off-camera bullshit and, and having a human resources conversation that was a she said, she said. So much of what's happened on this show has been off camera 
that it's just like tedious. Who knew there was a fucking, that Lisa's lawyers went to Garcelle and they had to make a second printing of this. Like there's so much going on off camera that we either don't know about or like, if I'm not seeing it, I don't care. So, but that's, that's actually true of, and I'm not getting off the subject of Beverly Hills, yeah, but, yeah, I, do it. but I will say that every single one of the shows they have on right now, the three housewives all have that in, co- there is some sort of a lie that is being oh, like narrative, na- I'd say like, narrative. Well, or lie. How about, uh, on, uh, there's either Salt Lake city where Whitney is saying, uh, this conversation happened that at first Heather was like, I don't remember it. And even what's her name, Angie, even she's like, Angie this never H. happened. So it's like this whole debate of did it happen or did it not happen? And it was off camera or on Potomac. Mia's literal tagline has to do with the fact that she can't keep her story straight. She's literally saying this married man was looking me up and down. Even production is like, uh, here's the, you know, Chris cam where it shows that he has absolutely no concept that you're even in the room. And then on social media afterwards, she's like, oh yeah, I guess I lied. (laughs) Anyway. And then Chris is like, are you kidding me? Like she has absolutely no vested interest in telling the truth and is totally fine. You knowing it. So it's just like, there's so much, sort of off-camera saying of things that is then a storyline that winds up being bullshit or like we're all trying to find the truth when we watch this show theoretically these shows and it's just like every single show has some frustrating storyline where off-camera garbage and you know there was no camera in with Giselle and with Chris in her dressing room there wasn't so it's just like this happened and it's just like come on give me something on camera that's truthful I feel like there's the Mia example. I feel like I I understand that with the Chris and Giselle thing. I think that gets more into a conversation about appearances versus motivations than lies. Because I think with Giselle, what she is trying to get to is a feeling of discomfort, full stop. And also questions relating to potential motivations connected to for appearances sake versus Salt Lake where it's like you literally said this and you heard it I didn't say it I didn't hear it which is a different situation but weirdly it is a different situation but weirdly also and I love how much we're using the word conflated these days on these shows Mm, but it is also weirdly conflated with how someone feels about a different situation that's much more visceral I get the Giselle and Chris thing I think the mistake is absolutely with Giselle in the sense that nobody is saying like you can you can feel like you're in a situation that isn't great that the other person didn't cause. And I think the fact that Giselle went to Candace and said, your man made me feel uncomfortable as if there was something that he did wrong about it, as opposed to a way that she this is my opinion. You're 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 disagreeing in your face. Oh. Uh, so it's like the, so for Giselle to go, I'm just letting you know. And she's like, well, did he say something to you? No. Did he do something? No. Okay. Then what do we have here? I'm not saying Giselle didn't feel like a certain way. I understand that you can be a, not even a married woman, a woman in a room with a man alone and have like the op, like what, what people could think or whatever, and not being comfortable with that. And you in legitimately being uncomfortable with that, not going, oh, I'm afraid of what people think. Like you could yourself be for whatever you have going on in your life, in your past, in your present. That's not like your like zhuzh. That's not like your, your mm-hmm. good thing. But to go to someone and 
and say that they had some responsibility in that and like and not even go to them going to their fucking wife on camera i'm just like that to me i'm just like it's very clear that one person's they're both both of their feelings are valid but that doesn't mean that one caused the other so i'm i'm team candace on that one the only thing that kind of as is robin <laughs> confuse i mean heavily so the only thing that kind of confuses that is the idea that chris said let's keep the door open you know because of, it, it did seem that both were aware we want to make sure that for appearances sake noting there is nothing uh untoward happening between us for appearances sake because there are only two people in the room we want to keep the door open and that's not me criticizing either of them for that but that does for lack of a better word, term, idea, opened the door to um, understanding that she felt discomfort. The problem here is that she's attaching some of that discomfort to his intention. And they're now getting into a conversation around so on social media of who was the person to suggest the dressing room because Chris and Candace are saying it was Giselle and she's lying that he suggested it. And she's saying that that's a lie, that he suggested it, which gets into a very uh, tricky area. For me, I thought that that had more to, even though he gave the 99.9 whatever percent of that thing, to me that felt more like his memory being not, as opposed to him going, let me put it on her. So the fact that Giselle was like, oh, he's lying. He didn't say, oh, let me tell you, she said it like this, come into my room with me. That's not what he said. So it's like, there's a lot of, I feel like that has miscommunication involved as well. I just feel like it's such a kind of shitty thing for Giselle to do because particularly knowing Candace and great. You're a baller, Giselle. You don't care about pissing off someone that I don't think anyone really wants to piss off, but it's like how you can't possibly think that your relationship is going to rebound from that. Unless you literally say, look, let me tell you how I came to this. And even if she, as Candace said, walked it all the way back, I still don't think it would matter. What I think is really helpful is having Robin and Karen involved at this point, because I think Robin is making clear that Giselle, this did take place. Giselle did express discomfort to her immediately following the reunion, which I think is helpful for everyone, that it's not just something Giselle pulled out of her ass. It is something that Giselle felt, which people have feelings about, but like it, it, there is a marker here, which is where, which is why I think it's important. And it's also important to hear Robin say like, and I disagreed with her then, and I disagree with her now. And I think it's important to have Karen as a part of the conversation saying, listen, you have the right, if you felt violated, you have the right to feel violated. And also when you're saying, you know, so that after the fact you can combat rumors, it's like you're skipping ahead here in a way that is unnecessary and helps cloud it because Giselle is thinking what happens when people decide that it looked like we were up to no good which didn't seem to take place no and she's bringing it up however many months later whenever you're at one of these shoots there's nowhere else to go if you're saying can I talk to you cameras are down it's over can I talk to you I'm fuming about something with a door closed there's nowhere I mean lol yeah but like but but there's but there's there's when you have production at a at a at a site like that there are the, the random people who have to share this room and that room because everyone is there. Space is at a limited. The only place that people feel also when you're on a set, which that still was, even though cameras were down, 
the the place that production stays away from we all know to stay away from is the dressing rooms that's that's their space that's so so if i'm one of those people that's the place i'm going to say can we go whether it was giselle or chris or whatever by all accounts chris has cooked for these people he's had them all over if somebody who i was over their house in real life we were like friendly and then they were like, can I speak to you in the only room that we could possibly go? It, to me, it's a no-brainer. I, 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 I don't feel like, uh, I understand why Giselle would feel a certain way or how she could feel a certain way. But again, if it's not the intention of the, the person on the other side of it, then that's a different conversation and it's with the person on the other side of it. It is not the... Uh, reality TV moment that Giselle took with Candace. Oh, a hundred percent. Like it was just, it was, it was, I thought that was like a bad step on her part and it, and it's, yeah. And we'll see why it's so bad because the whole season, it clearly has not resolved itself because on social media, uh, Candace still has lots to say. Yeah. Candace is saying it's game over for her relationship with Giselle as a part of this. And it's interesting to note that it, it appears that Ashley, and Candace have been able to work through right? um, any kind of tension related to what Ashley said, which, according to, to Giselle, inspired her to share right. on camera her experience because Ashley had one to share. One that, by the way, was, you know, it's like you thought that this person was sliding into your DMs. They were responding to an IG story. It's different. And they were also trying to promote their job by saying, you, TV star, come to my bar so that I can promote my bar. And he, 2 a.m. is probably his 4. Yeah, I, I, I could take Chris or leave Chris. But in both of these situations, and with Mia, brave Mia coming forward with her story of Chris, <laughs> the, as Rinna would say, abuse and assault. Um, there are many ways that people can be abused and assaulted. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think, I think Chris is just was <laughs> in the wrong place at the wrong time. And uh, I don't know that I would have done anything different than he did in all three of those situations. I would have said, Giselle, can we talk? Is this a place cool? I would respond to a story of someone I'm friendly with going, oh, you're out now, you should come here. And I would 100% be looking in the complete opposite direction of Mia at a party. Okay, so I have a little bit of a counter to that. And it's- Nope, goodbye, thank you. Join the Patreon. You can find me at (laughs) Dame Galley. At Dame Ain't lying to that. <laughs> Listen, which is the conversation and the idea of nefarious intent and that when a woman says she's uncomfortable, well, of course, she's only saying that because there is some other motivation here. And I think that's where we get into muddy waters, because with Giselle, people are relying on the fact that, yes, she has been shady and referenced things on camera and and uh and, and said things, you know, in the way that she said them, even in, you know, like Mia, what's going on with your cancer and whatever else. And she has a way of, of being choppy intentionally because of how it will play on camera. But I think with some of this stuff, it's like a little bit more nuanced than that, because I do understand the idea of feeling uncomfortable, regardless of the other person's intention. And I sure. think with with Ashley and just Mia is like. Uh, she's me. my punchline for this whole no, I have nothing I to she's, add she's a she's a lot of people's punchlines and, <laughs> and in some ways deservedly so but when it comes to like the nefarious intention that makes me just like a scooch uncomfortable because I do think that when Ashley got that message from him she felt 
uncomfortable and I'm not going to take that away from her. I do believe that when Giselle, that Giselle felt uncomfortable with aspects of this and when she saw that her glam team had left, she was uncomfortable. I, I don't think that it, it, the idea of nefarious intention to me, to me as part of a characterization of Giselle's character, I, I don't want to take away from that because I understand that there's reason according to how, the ways that she's discussed things on camera and like that being a part of the job. But I also think when it comes to this stuff, I actually think the storytelling right now is doing a pretty responsible job because of the importance of Robin and Karen who are kind of illuminating this and providing context that I think is really key. They are doing their jobs. And considering we just spent all that time talking about a show where there are more than 50% of the people on that show are not doing their jobs. Yeah. Potomac is people actually having opinions and expressing them that aren't so warped by uh uh kind of packs that you're actually seeing real stuff said and talked about which is great and and i'm not saying it shouldn't be on the show it is definitely interesting and and but uh it is also um it is also it's it's just wild and i also p.s as just like a little sidebar to that don't want to take away from candace rightly being offended and upset and feeling like this is the plot because she has seen it happen to other people before on other franchises and her own and her calling you know like breaking the fourth wall and calling in production like I think she did the right thing I have complete understanding for or I think I do understanding for why she said things and um, give her you know an abundance of kadoos for handling things the way that she did really I think listening to Giselle when the conversation started and trying to understand yeah. and then and also feeling very upset about the fact that she feels that she's in an uncomfortable position, noting her support for the Me Too movement and the ways that she views uh, relationships and, and environments through the lens of her identity as a woman. Like, I, I think it is probably especially difficult for her to navigate this as a co-star as a housewife, as a as a wife, um, I, I don't want to take that away in any way. But I do also think that there's like I think everybody's, you know, I, I think a lot of people's perceptions are also based on their own and opinions are based on their own experiences. I think it's just I just keep thinking, you know, of what Karen was saying, which I think just carries so much weight here. The idea that like, listen, I get it. You should have an apology, but also you know this man, you know his behavior with you, you know his intentions, and P.S., as an example, someone did cross a line with me physically, and I talked to people about it. There were witnesses. I talked to my priest, my husband, and um, had a conversation, and who knows who those witnesses were and if it was a part of people from production or whatever else. But Karen <laughs> Human resources is very busy. I mean, for real. But like Karen acknowledging that and providing an example and trying to help Giselle kind of navigate this in a way that I think Karen thinks is responsible to both Giselle and Chris is a very, very emotionally mature way to look at it. Which again, it's just like gotta give it up to to Karen for really being so central I think to to communicating this in a way that feels even-handed uh, and yeah, nuanced yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting conversation and it's interesting because Giselle feels fully correct. Although I did think it was interesting uh, that uh, Candace said, and I hate we keep going to online, but unfortunately these shows are now wildly interactive uh, or multimedia. Yeah. Um, she was like, I was prepared to kind of like basically absorb, look the other way or handle this in a certain way. But she, in watching the cut, seeing like all the like the the face pulling and the little looks and stuff, she was like, "Fuck that shit!" Like she, you, you could, she was basically saying, like when Candace got up and like Giselle had like a little like, whether it was a bemused smile or who knows what was behind, like mm. there was like there's like random little flashes of something on Giselle which says that she isn't necessarily. Her intentions weren't as... Yeah. Is she taking it... Like, she's doing something serious, but is she taking it as seriously as someone who is doing something serious? Like, there's things about it that... Is she enjoying little bits of it? Like, mm. is that does she realize this is going to be good TV while it's happening? Is she going, oh, I didn't think it was going to go that way? Like, there's, there's elements to it which I think are... Uh, those are sort of the things that I kind of watch more than what's being said is the unsaid. And that's... It's... It's and that clearly is something that she saw because she was like that. I think is what made it war for her, like fully war. Which you know, I I blocked Candace on Instagram and I'm not on Twitter, so I'm like missing those moments unless I see someone you know posted on Instagram stories three days after the fact. Um, so I didn't see that, and I think that's really helpful because like you know, normalize changing your mind based on new information. It's not that I'm changing my mind, but maybe na- adjusting the landscape as Candace is sharing with us what she actually. Um, felt had taken place is important information to hear. And to follow up on that, just to say, Rinna's fucking cat that got the canary looks during the BH reunion showed you an awful lot about how terrible she thought Kathy Hilton was as opposed to how much she was relishing in this. And I would like to add to that that Angie Harrington is reveling in the camera time she's getting on Salt Lake, which plays to me into the her husband's talk about office space, her husband's use of a box at the Utah Jazz, which I thought the whole thing was that they were front row. So like, what does this even mean? But like, they're you know, cat that got the canary. Uh, Angie Harrington is flying a little bit high um, off of this stuff too, which I see there's a little connective thread there. Can I? Now, this is this is connective thread to what you're saying, but it's coming for someone who's not who you're talking about. But in the last week, I've really started to, I think Heather is a great housewife. Her, mm. her choice of friends and people she gra- gravitates towards across Woof. the board. Woof. Uh, she, so she's got the gen of it all, which is obviously like exhibit A. And then she was on Watch What Happens Live talking about how she, like, Anytime she was asked about either BH or other housewives, it was really like pro Lisa Rinna. It was pro Erica Jane. What did you find that was good about the reunion? Oh, I thought her openness or whatever. Oh, Lisa called me when she didn't have to. And about, and then uh, this whole thing with it, like Angie, it's like her, who she chooses to sort of like, you know, ride with is so suspect to me. It's interesting because she is so fun. She's so beloved. And she really is a kind of um, uh, confessional queen. Like, she feels like one of the people. But mm-hmm. you're like, the, her desire to just roll hard with the underdogs is just like, she's, she's unable to read the room. Uh, well, I mean, 
I did watch that watch what happens and I think that her explanation of the Rena thing to me was like I am not going to drag this person because my actual in real time interactions with them was supportive and positive and I'm not going to forget that and it's that is similar to her her understanding and definition uh communication about her feelings with Jen that like yeah this person may have done I mean a very 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 different circumstances but this person may have done wrong but they have been a friend to me and I want to be a friend to them versus I mean I hate to say it but like versus Meredith Marks who's like making choices with bad actors and I mean that in all of the ways (laughs) because of a long-term vendetta revenge plan and to me like I do think Heather believes that Jen needs a friend I do think that Heather looks at Jen as someone who's very complicated and and done bad things but Heather feels like she doesn't want to leave this person's side, regardless of how you feel about that versus Meredith. Who's like, you'll do. Yeah. You got a lot of (laughs) shit that I called out last season. Do I think you're like a bad person, but have you said I fucked half of New York? P.S. Like Jen has, that's where Lisa Barlow said she got that information. So like, maybe think about that a little bit, but like, there's a different. Are you, you suggesting know. that Meredith's friendship with Mary Cosby <laughs> last season with Mary was was <laughs> at my all my. unbelievable and organic, or that oh, any Meredith. or that or that anything on her social media is uh, unbelievable and inorganic? I mean, uh, listen, those, those filters are they they must have to go to the chiropractor with all <laughs> carrying and lifting they're doing. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to be first in line for Meredith Marks's I Heart Half of New York collection when that comes out. It's on pre-sale right now, which I don't entirely understand. But like when that comes out in six to eight years, when Jen Uh Shaw is halfway through her term, I am going to be so excited to wear my little I Heart Half of New York t-shirt and hoodie uh because it's i it's so funny it's it's so it's such a smart idea it's honestly so smart i i have uh one other question about uh salt lake while i have you here okay um and then we'll go back to sending each other voice notes 24 perfect 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 um (laughs) does you have to have a notarized letter to leave a church is that what happens? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, guys, according to Judaism, we just don't go to temple until we go again. So, like, this is a very different. I mean, this is. Can I just sidebar? Or you just get excommunicated for, like, fucking your best friend's husband. Like, that's pretty much your stamp right there. That's, like, your signature. Unless. I or mean, have sex with a gay person. Like, boom, you're out. Um, or they're like, Thank you for doing this public <laughs> service since gays don't exist. Are you kidding? It's, it's she a, it was a, a bonus. It was also a priest. Oh, uh, hey, yo. But come on, sidebar. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, can I just say No, I'm not even going to say it. I was going to share a story, but I'll tell you offline. I'm not going to say it. I'm not gonna um, say it. Well, because, yeah, no, my question really was just, did notaries exist back in the 1200s or whenever this re- religion was formed. I know nothing about this religion, and I've also watched Salt Lake for three seasons. So, yay representation! I don't know. Is that? I mean, it does get into that weird area of like when Whitney showed up to her meeting at HQ with the elders, and they were like, "So, listen, you did this thing that would summarily get you thrown out, 
but there's a man <laughs> involved and we don't want him to be punished since even though all women are bad. So we're going to keep you for now. But if you weren't married, that would not be great, which is wild. That's wild. And do you, do you buy that or you just think, oh, this woman is on television and we really need her? What do you mean? Well, do I mean, do I buy what? Do do you buy the fact that they would want to keep her strictly for that reason, or do you think they go, "Oh, wait, this woman is on television, and we don't want to lose her for that reason"? Um. Well, I mean, this took place many years ago. She's been married to her now husband for a decade. This was her ex husband. Oh, I thought this was just this wasn't hot off the presses. All right. I don't her backstory. Think so. I think. I Justin guess I didn't watch every episode like of the first. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but I don't think that the Church of Latter-day Saints is like, wow, we're getting so much great publicity <laughs> with Heather Gay <laughs> writing a book called Bad Mormon. Let's keep this woman in as long as we can. I think it's more connected to what Heather herself said as well, which was like they want their tithe. So, yeah, but I mean, you know, I don't I don't know. I, I identify very much as a Jew because I literally am one but also like the cultural community aspect of it versus the religious one but like i'm a reformed jew we're just here for a good time not a long time so it's like we're not i i can't imagine it but i also there are across the board including in subsets of judaism incredibly conservative uh environments that are overwhelmingly misogynistic and anti-woman where as women in are every religion nearly. as in every religion but i think it also gets into the if the core aspect of your religion has these tenets involved if it's not a subset but is in fact the framework yeah. of the religion itself i think that's complicated but um i would like to hear them discuss this um, Whitney and Heather, if they can stand to be in the same room together, and Lisa Barlow, who has discussed in interviews wanting to show more of her experience as a Mormon, which I think would be fascinating. I would be curious to see a conversation with those three. Maybe we will at the you know, forthcoming reunion, because I think that um, you can all have different experiences and they can all be very true. Um, but you know, the Whitney's, I mean, getting a notary, I mean, I would just stop going to fucking church, you know, like that just, that's telling you a lot about how strict their guidelines were and, and how focused they were seemingly on, um, control for yeah. some, some parishioners or maybe for all. Uh, yes, indeed. Religion, everyone's best friend. <laughs> well, listen, before we say shalom, which means hello, goodbye, and peace, tell the AGs where they can follow you on social and slide into your DMs. can follow, <laughs> slide into my DMs, at James LaRosa. Uh, okay. And that's all there is to that. Hmm. <laughs> Love that. And guys, um, I got so many of your incredible satchels of gold, satchels of gold, of course, named in honor for Helen, her holiness, her <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. Her Holiness Kelly Hot mic Clorn moment. Ben Hot mic <laughs> moment. Her Holiness Kelly Clorn Ben Simone from Scary Island or your thoughts and feels, questions and concerns about all things housewives and more. You can slide into my DMs on Instagram and send me your long form satchels. Just let me know your first name and town when you do so or email thesis statements, which I truly love, the longer the better, um, to andysgirlsshow at gmail.com. I'm going to be doing a satchel spectacular. My last patreon episode 
which was a Q&A about BravoCon, was 90 minutes long. I am concerned for myself about the length of this Satchel Spectacular that I'm going to record in the next couple of days because I got some fucking doozy satchels of gold from you guys about Beverly Hills, a lot about Salt Lake City and Potomac. I'm excited to deep dive them. And you can listen to that upcoming Satchel Spectacular bonus episode by joining the Andy's Girls Patreon, the number one way to support the pod. You get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more. Patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. Link is always in the show notes for this episode. And again, follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. James, who are you going to be for Halloween? Uh, a curmudgeon. I don't care Love about that. that holiday. I don't. <laughs> I don't want anything that encourages children to come to my home. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not the worst thing. Um, uh, are you going to ask me what I'm going to be? Oh, sorry. Right. Reciprocal yeah. conversation. Sarah, yeah. what are you going to be for Halloween? I am also going to be a curmudgeon who doesn't want children to come to my um, home place of residence. But I was thinking a little bit today and really had a feeling of upset about the fact that my parents do not did not take photos of a Halloween costume that my brother had and that I then had for many years growing up in Rhode Island and how upset I am that that photograph does not any longer exist because I actually think it's one of the smartest costumes a person could have something I, I wasn't suggested by my brother or myself but I was for many years garbage I my father bought a new trash can cut out the bottom attached a handle to the lid, and I was like adorable little blonde child with banana curls, would wore all black, and I would walk to the door of a house, press the buzzer, hide in the trash can, and when someone answered, I would pop out and say, trick or treat. You'd and say, I think I'm t- trash. I am trash. Don't you know it? And in about 15 years, <laughs> it's going to become even more true. And then I would want to surprise family friends. And we lived in Rhode Island. So it's like, are you really going to walk through neighborhoods? Like, what? So we would drive to specific family friends' houses and I would um, rise out of the garbage trash. I just think that's an iconic costume. I'm so upset I don't have a photo of it. Well, so I think upset. that you can recreate it. And I think that yes. you should send it to me because I want that to be my uh, picture when you. Uh, call me just trash is calling me yeah well according to some of the itunes reviews that people leave, apparently <laughs> no. they see that costume every time they listen what uh. a gift it is to be a female content creator in this world guys on that note um hope you all have a safe and uh fun halloween if that's something i really people love it and i just think that's great but i am anti-halloween and i'm anti-new year's and that is just my truth I'm pro Halloween candy, but yeah, the, the yeah, candy. Yes, I mean, you can get candy any. It's not like it's special. Aside from candy corn, you can get that candy any day you want. I see. Look, there you go. Let's just move on to Thanksgiving. Well, I don't like Thanksgiving either. Oh, oh, I do like. I I am annoyed at the idea of traveling for Thanksgiving, uh-huh. but it is in fact a very nice holiday, and I do love myself a gluten free stuffing. I just could have Christmas every day. I'm like. Every does month. nothing for me it's the worst <gasps> it's the worst day of the- i'm gonna go to a movie and get chinese food what you guys are but that's having still a great- beautiful that's still no, wonderful no, chinese food fucking- east no. coast shout- chinese no. food shout out to all the jews out there who desperado wanted a hanukkah bush which was absolutely declined by their parents i understand it i respect that decision an ex-boyfriend actually gave me a um, christmas tree as an adult but then i was too lazy to decorate it but i did appreciate the effort um guys on that note well it was like a little patreon after show the last five minutes <laughs> you guys wow 
Oh, you got uh, that for free. Um, on that note, I hope you're all doing okay, and we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye. <laughs> <laughs>